welcome to Family Financial Feuds from University of Illinois Extension. Hi, everyone. My name is Kamaya Walls-Bichard, and I am so happy to be on for another episode of our Family and Financial Feuds podcast. Today, I have another guest for you. So we're going to be covering a topic that I like. So it's like a combination of two topics that I love. We're going to be talking about food and money. So in March of this year, 2021, um, we did an episode that Kathy led. Kathy is one of our co-hosts. She led a great conversation about food expenditure in the United States. So we covered patterns of um, food spending online, so food shopping, food dining, looking at generational differences, looking at some strategies to reduce um, food spending. And we talked about this kind of like perennial topic of food and money management and the relationship between the two. And we wanted to do another follow-up on this just to do a kind of like a stronger focus on, you know, what are some strategies that people can do to reduce food waste? What do we know about food waste in the United States? And so we wanted to focus more on ways to, you know, save on food costs and think a little bit deeper about how we we think about the relationship between money and food. And so that episode that we did back in March is titled, Hey, What's for Dinner? So today I have a wonderful guest and we're going to be talking more about kind of like the save on food piece, but more of a focus on, you know, how do we reduce food waste? So our guest for today is Jenna Smith. She is a registered dietitian nutritionist with the University of Illinois Extension. Jenna's work focuses on a wide range of nutrition and wellness topics that includes food safety, food preservation, infant nutrition, chronic disease prevention. She does a lot, everybody. Lots of great things that she does. Lots of awesome topics that she does cover. Jenna has a master's of public health um, and a bachelor's in family and consumer sciences. So she's also a leader in her field and has been active on multiple food and safety committees statewide and regionally throughout Illinois. She's also very visible online, y'all. She has a wonderful presence online with her blog. She's a co-creator of websites such as the Cottage Food website and Feeding My Baby from Cradle to Table. Lots of great things that she's done. And I've been working with Jenna closely over the past three years. And I'm so happy to have her on today as we talk about kind of like the intersection of our focus areas. So food and personal finance. So that was a long introduction. And I'm telling you, I could go longer because she has such a wonderful and impressive background. But hi, Jenna, welcome. Hello, Kamaya. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here. How are you doing today? Well, you know, I'm doing pretty good. As we were talking here uh, this morning, you know, a little tired, a little mm-hmm. tired, but uh, it's something like this that gets me, it gets me like wound up. So yes. I've got my coffee. I'm ready to talk. Of course. Thank you so much. So I'll start off by just asking you, tell, tell us a little bit more um, about kind of like the work that you do for extension, you know, besides some of the stuff that I've already covered. And, you know, as we're moving into like this topic of food and food waste, I know you focused a lot on like food safety piece as well too. So I'll just let you tell us a little bit more about like your background. Sure, sure. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes this is like the hardest question, right? Like how do we, how do I explain here a little bit about Mm -hmm. what I do? But, but my main role within extension is to provide research-based education to those living in our communities. And so the majority of my work revolves around two main issues. And so that's preventing and managing chronic disease 
and food safety. So, mm-hmm. you know, prevention of chronic disease starts with good nutrition and it really spans across the life cycle from, you know, infants to older adults. Right. And so, as you mentioned, you know, I've worked on, um, you know, infant nutrition with developing the feeding my baby website. That was such a fun project mm-hmm. to work on. Um, yes. Yeah, so it's, it's a really good resource for, you know, parents and caregivers, you know, to help them kind of learn like, well, how do I feed my baby now? Mm-hmm. How do I, how do I feed, you know, my baby's complimentary foods? And right. So and there's on so, that. yeah, there's so much information out there too on that. Right. Yes, so there is. Did, and, yeah. and so much information that, you know, like, oh, is this right? You know, is mm-hmm. this, this somebody's blog? I'm not sure, you know, how research-based this is. So that's what we really tried to kind of put out there um, with all the work that we do is, you know, looking at the research, you know, that when you read something of ours that you can, um, be satisfied in knowing that, you know, this has been researched. It's, you know, it's the factual information and it's not just maybe someone's opinion. Right. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I hold, um, some cooking classes for a lot of youth who may not otherwise learn how to cook. Mm -hmm. Uh, I manage diabetes support group and hold diabetes and heart healthy classes for adults and older adults. So just a lot of work kind of within that role of how do we, you know, prevent and manage chronic disease. But in relation to, you know, today's topic of food waste, I provide a lot of resources and education on like food preservation. So right now we're getting into that garden season. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you've got a garden at home, we don't want that produce, of course, to just go wasted. And uh, it's really important, right, to, you know, know how to you know, preserve that produce so that you can enjoy it all year long. So I do a lot of canning. I do a lot of, you know, dehydrating, a lot of freezing uh, and kind of teach on those practices. I teach also, (laughs) yes, very busy. I know, right? Like, yeah, the list goes on. Um, But yeah, and, and, and kind of the other thing that we've been doing here recently is kind of teaching about some safe food handling practices to like those food entrepreneurs who are, you know, selling their home prepared product under that cottage food law, which is something too, that we just want to make sure that, you know, everybody's kind of, you know, practicing food safety so Mm -hmm. that not only do we keep everyone safe, but again, we're not having to maybe throw out foods because maybe they didn't reach the proper temperature Mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever it might be. So there's a lot on my plate, but yes, I love the variety of things that I do, you know, every Mm -hmm. day, just it looks a little different. And I think, you know, helping others live this kind of intentional life of wellness is really what keeps me going. So I love what I do. I like that intentional life of wellness. Yeah, and you yeah. just said something too, when, when we were thinking about, you know, trying to prevent like those waste things and that waste in food, I always think about lots of times, even in my own household where, you know, the use by sell by date, those types of things where it gets so confusing for a lot of people. So I I love that you mentioned that as you're talking about, you know, part of the role with like the food safety piece, um, you know, in addition to everything else that you do. And so to dive a little deep into um, talking about food, I want to go back just a little bit to some of the information that we did present in March, I won't spend a lot of time on it, but we focus on some information relating to like food expenditure in the U.S. and kind of what that looks like. So I think it's a good idea to kind of give like a review of that before we go into like, what are some of the data? What are some of the stats on food waste in the U.S. and what do we know about it? But when we think of like food expenditure in the United States, according to like um, data from the U.S. Department of Labor and Statistics, we think about food costs and food costs representing about 30 percent of the average household annual expenditure. 
So when we think about like some of the top things um, that we pay for in our household, like food is up there as well too. And food spending during the pandemic, of course, there were differences and different patterns based on, you know, people couldn't go out, ordering more online, different things like that, that we covered back in March. I won't spend too much time on that. But I wanted to highlight that because when we think about like individuals or households and how they create plans for food spending. So whether it's like food at home versus food outside the home, it looks so different for everyone. It looks so different for, um, you know, different families, family size, and it depends on, you know, what people have in their budget each month for food, if they're getting other benefits that goes towards food. So when it comes to like food spending, we know that It is kind of a high for a lot of households, depending on like those household structures, but wanting to understand just a little bit how, you know, families make decisions about food spending. And for us as educators with personal finance, a big thing for us is how can we save? How can we save on food costs? What's going to be the most effective plan for someone to choose or for someone to to use that's going to help them to save money from month to month. Because we know that food is one of those flexible expenses where it can't change from month to month. It can change from one family to the next and different things that are going on. So my question for you, Jenna, as, as we think about that, like food expenditure, what we're spending money on, you know, with like different household types, trying to manage like different dietary needs, kids needs, I know you know a little bit about that, Um, you know, with just different family types, cultural backgrounds, you know, what do you think are some of the challenges or considerations that families face as they're trying to manage like their food expense and they're trying to uh, manage like the waste that might come out of that? Yeah, it can definitely be challenging. You know, of course, I'm thinking of just, you know, my own household and how I have two young boys. And one of them is a great eater. The other one is not, (laughs) not at all, has a lot of sensory issues. Mm -hmm. And so I I think for one child in particular, there's a lot of waste going on, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, yeah, when I think about, you know, every household, as you said, you know, everyone is different. And so I think that the one thing though, that we can all do is create a meal plan Mm -hmm. when it comes to, you know, food purchasing and food preparation. And so I think there's a lot of things that we have to consider, of course, as we're kind of making this plan is that, you know, we need to consider your budget. We need to consider your, you know, your household size, how many people are living in your house. We need to consider, you know, how many meals will be eaten at home through the week. That's one thing that Mm -hmm. I'm always thinking of because, you know, I've, I have two boys. And like I said, one of them now, especially is getting into like sports and and activities, you know, like after school, or especially now in the summer, we've got lots of things going on in the evening times. And so we think about, okay, well, are we going to be home, you know, or are we going to be having to maybe um, make food and bring it to the ball game, right? To the ball Mm -hmm. field, or, or are we going to go out? And so I think a lot of that is just thinking about too, well, how many meals are going to be eaten at home for the week? And what about leftovers? Do you right. Leftovers? What do we do with those? Yes. What do we do? How are you <laughs> going to use them? So there's so many considerations that I think really go into this whole kind of creating a plan and into purchasing. So thinking about all of these things and then creating that shopping list. And, mm-hmm. and we do that first by seeing what is in your fridge. 
What's in mm-hmm. your fridge that needs to be used up? Um, yes. What's in your pantries that needs to be used up before it goes bad? And that is where you then can really create those meals. Think about what can I make with this, you know, cheese or something that's going to mold here if I don't mm-hmm. eat it, you know, whatever it might be. So that's what we need to, I think, really try to do. And it's something we all can do, you know, looking at sales ads to kind of gain ideas without, you know, going over budget. Mm. And then, yeah, things don't always go to plan. I mean, we all know that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that each week, if we can sit down and we can make a list so that we're not, you know, overbuying food or preparing too much food, I think that's really going to be helpful because, you know, sometimes I don't know, you know, if if I don't have a plan, I probably am more tempted to go out to eat, right? (laughs) Because it's like, oh, what what are we going to have for dinner? Oh, I don't know. I don't have anything planned. Mm -hmm. Well, let's just go out to eat. And then if you're going out to eat, well, that leaves opportunity for Mm -hmm. the food that you do have in the house to go uneaten or to spoil. So I think that every household, just depending upon so many different things, whether, you know, your food behaviors, your dietary needs, just making that list, making that plan is so important. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. We definitely love the idea of creating a plan. And I know we don't have like that nutrition and wellness background like you do, but I know when we try to teach on food costs, we incorporate research on that. I've used information from your things already as well too, when I present on this food topic. So I definitely appreciate that. When it comes to like food waste, though, too, I'm thinking what questions might people have? Like, really, is it that big of a deal? For my little leftovers, if I'm just not a big leftover person, my small impact in my household, I don't think that's creating such a major effect on things. Or people might think for when it comes to like food waste, like why does it matter? What's kind of like the magnitude of food waste or food loss in the United States? And so I wanted to cover a little bit of information that we have on that from the U.S. Department of Agriculture which share that about one third, so between 30 to 40% of food goes uneaten through lost or waste. And that adds up to approximately 133 billion pounds of food and $161 billion worth of food. And this was data from uh, 2010. So this is data going back like 11 years ago but just wanted to share that piece. And of course, this doesn't cover just like individual households. I know um, a lot of the research from the USDA focus a lot on businesses as well to organizations, how they manage food waste, how they manage food loss. And so with like this information, I wanted to touch on that because I'm imagining the folks listening to this, like, yes, we could probably do better with our leftovers. We could probably do better with planning our meals, but is this that big of a deal? So wanted to share like that number. And of course, when we think of things like food waste or wasted food, more information from the EPA describes that as things that we don't use, food that we don't use for its intended purpose. And so for a lot of people, whether it is having leftovers um, that they have to figure out what to do (laughs) with or a restaurant, you know, having so much left over and there's trying to figure out like, what do I do? Is this something that I'm able to donate or do I have to put it in a landfill? Lots of different things when it comes to food waste. So with this piece, just like thinking about like the magnitude or the effect of that. So is there anything you would like to add about food waste and, you know, just from your knowledge and from the different things that you've covered about food waste in the U.S.? Gosh, yeah. I mean, as you said, yeah, the U.S. waste 
you know, up to 40% of our food supply. That's just like crazy to think about. Yes. Um, you know, we're the leading nation in food waste. And, and I don't think that's really the accolades that we want. No, I don't um, think so. No. So, you know, I think we need to understand that while edible food is wasted or it's lost, like at every point along the food chain, right? Like mm-hmm. we know that food loss happens during harvesting, during processing. But then we also, you know, see it, of course, as you said, like retail stores and restaurants as well. But it's important for us to know that it's actually us consumers at the household level that's responsible for the largest portion of all waste. Um, Households actually contribute to about Mm -hmm. 40 to 50% of all food that's wasted. So, you know, I think that the impact of all of this is rather significant. And Mm -hmm. I think that it's significant. You know, you ask the question, like, why does this matter? You know, I think that it should matter and, and that it's really significant for really kind of these like three main reasons. First of all, wasted food, it's an environmental problem. Yes. Yeah. You know, uneaten food is the single largest component of solid waste. And once that wasted food reaches landfill, it produces methane, that powerful greenhouse gas Mm -hmm. that can contribute to climate change, but also it just, it wastes so much energy and even the water that was used to produce that food. You know, our water supply is already diminishing. So we really need to protect it. We need not to waste it. Um, You know, and I come from a family farm. So my dad farms and, Mm -hmm. you know, I think about that, all the energy that is used to produce, he he grows uh, corn and soybeans. And so just thinking about just, you know, the land that is used, thinking right. about the equipment and the fuel and the fertilizers and just all of these things that go into it. And so it's just really kind of crazy to think about, you know, the energy that's used and then here's the product that we're just wasting. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's one thing. I, I think second of all, that wasted food is, it's a social problem, you know, even before the pandemic hit. million households, or about 10.5% of all U.S. households, experienced food insecurity at some point during 2019. Uh, That's that's according to data from the USDA. Mm -hmm. And so this means that, you know, during some points of the year, 13.7 million households didn't have enough food to meet their needs. And yet at the same time, our country is wasting 40% of our food significant number. uh, Yeah, it's a significant number. And you know, Kamaya, I mean, I, we can only imagine that, you know, through this pandemic that Mm -hmm. there's probably even a greater number of people who are food insecure. So again, we need to, you know, we need to feed our people, right? So we don't want to waste it. And I think the last reason that I think, you know, of course, this would all matter to us. And and really a lot of the, what we're kind of talking about is that wasted food is an economical problem. Mm -hmm. You know, we discussed, you know, you said that, yeah, wow, food waste adds up to $161 billion wasted. And some of that money, it's coming out of our own pockets, right? Mm -hmm. As consumers Uh, and taxpayers, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So food waste it's a big problem. And I think it's just going to take each and every one of us to make progress in Mm. reducing it. It's so amazing, like how many aspects of our lives that it really does affect for you and I coming in with different backgrounds as well, too. And I, of course, I largely focus on the money piece of the economic impact. But when we think about like our environment, you know, like you said, social issues around this as well, too, and the challenges that, you know, a lot of households have faced, um, this is also intertwined and interconnected. So I'm, I'm so is. glad that you were able to share all of that. 
So in the beginning, you mentioned the fact that, you know, with your work, you try to put forward a lot of research-based information that people can trust, even with like the websites that you develop, the different programs and projects that you've been involved in. And she's been involved in some really cool projects, everybody. And so when I think about like, you know, how do we reduce food waste? We understand in that, yes, what we do matter. Um, our behaviors in our household, in our social environment, when it comes managing food and managing food lost and waste, all of that does matter. And so I know that there are researchers out there who have been doing a lot of wonderful work to try to help us understand the impact or the extent of this problem a lot more. And I have looked at some of the data, looked at some of the research, and I found this wonderful article from last year from Richardson and colleagues, and they were trying to understand what's the impact of food waste in like university dining halls. And so in their research, they wanted to evaluate how does changing like plate size in university dining facilities serve as kind of like a deterrent to food waste. So help with like reducing food waste. And so they investigated the impact of replacing larger plates with smaller oval platters for individuals who use those dining halls to see what would that look like. And so they found that switching from those bigger plates to the oval plates it does increase the likelihood that students and others using those dining halls would go back for seconds, but changing the dish size and shape showed that it significantly reduced the individual waste in that dining hall. So part of like their information, and they of course use lots of research from previous researchers on this topic. And it, this has been something that fascinates me a little bit too, to see how Change in one strategy can help with how you reduce that food waste. And of course, with their research with like the university facilities, dining facilities, this give us some insight onto, you know, what strategies restaurants or households for folks who have kids who, again, are some of, I have a picky eater too. What are some different things that we can do to help reduce this? waste and loss when it comes to food. Now, Jenna, I remembered that you did some work on this issue before. <laughs> yes. uh, I know you did some work on this issue for elementary school. Do you mind telling us a little bit about that project? Yeah. So I worked with a local school district to basically improve student consumption of healthy food components as part of their national school lunch program. And of course, if they are eating more, then they would be decreasing their food waste, right? Mm -hmm. So there's been some research in behavioral economics where we may be able to create or manipulate the school cafeteria environment to really nudge the student in choosing and consuming the healthier choice. So in this case, what we did is we used this kind of behavioral economic principle of appearance to affect the outcome. This particular school had been using these decades old lunch trays that, you know, out of all <laughs> colors right. were dingy brown. Oh. And no matter what food you put on these trays, the food just didn't look good. Like it just looked disgusting. Mm. <laughs> and so, you know, in knowing that some of this research and, and knowing that like, yeah, we eat with our eyes first, right? Like we eat with that our attraction. Eyes first. Yes. Yeah. It's such a big piece. And so what we did is we used some grant dollars to purchase these beautiful new blue trays 
And we did plate waste audits on like the same meal before and then after we introduced the new trays. So it was really interesting. Our study found that total waste decreased 2%, so pretty modest, but it saved 5% in food costs. And then we looked at kind of the individual food components, uh, one of which was romaine lettuce. So that the meal that they had, I think it was like some kind of like spaghetti type Mm -hmm. meal, and they had romaine lettuce served along with it. And the romaine lettuce was the largest contributor of waste. So 52% of all the romaine lettuce. I wonder why. Yes, I know. It's a green. (laughs) Ah, no green food. (laughs) But this decreased by 11% though, after we did introduce the new trays. So we did find some some good things with it. So to our knowledge, this was the only study that was measuring food waste after Mm -hmm. implementing, you know, new trays. So a lot more work, of course, needs to be done to kind of draw any kind of definitive conclusions, but it was such a fun project to be a part of, Mm -hmm. even though, yeah, I felt like I was covered in food waste by the end of the day. (laughs) Oh my goodness. But yeah, it was so fun. Yeah. So I was reading this article and I'm like, Jenna did a project like this. And I remember that. And I and I know that with trying to make like those adjustments in bigger settings, like a school or a dining hall versus within your home, it can be so very different, of course, too. And we talked a little bit about, you know, different family and household size, you know, cultural backgrounds and attitude towards food. Mm-hmm. There's so many different pieces in that and areas that I'm not an expert in at all. But just wanting to acknowledge the fact that making like different changes, learning more about different strategies that could possibly help with, you know, if you go out, like I'm, th- I'm talking to my family voice right now, you know, <laughs> if, we, if we go out tonight and we have leftovers, that could be lunch tomorrow. So I want you to order something that you think you could eat twice in one week or something like that, <laughs> because yes. That's a struggle. That's a struggle in my household as well, too. You know, I know for me, you know, leftover night is the best night right? <laughs> because it means I don't have to cook. No. I don't have to cook. So it's the best <laughs> night for me. So yeah, my family definitely like we, we eat leftovers. <laughs> that is just part of it. You're going to eat the leftovers. Right. Yeah. There's so much great information that's coming out. And like you said, like when it comes to, you know, understanding more about food waste and food loss there's still areas for growth and development as well too. And I'm so very thankful for all the researchers and educators and professionals like yourself who are making an effort to get like the general public, the consumers to understand like the impact of this issue, not just the economic impact, the social impact, the environmental effects as well too, because it becomes such a a grand issue when we think about like all these different components. So as we're thinking more about the relationship between all of that. So food costs, food waste, having like healthy food habits and trying to manage your money, you know, trying to understand that relationship. What advice or information would you provide besides some of what we've talked about already to say, for example, an individual or a family who is just trying to figure out how do I manage all of these together and thinking Mm -hmm. about the cost of food, whether I'm paying for everything out of pocket or I'm getting benefits And then I'm thinking about food waste. I'm not going to force my kids to eat things they don't want to eat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They don't want to eat their leftovers. Yeah. About healthy habits, you know, taking some of Jenna's classes and learning like really great, um, easy recipes and trying to reduce uh, the waste that, that comes out of my household. How do I, you know, what do I think about? How do I try to manage all of that? Because that feels like just multiple things going on there. 
I'll talk about maybe kind of one of the kind of challenging things that I think a lot of families might struggle with. Mm -hmm. and, And that is buying fresh produce and using it before it spoils. Because we know in terms of health that, you know, fresh produce, your fruits and your vegetables, that this is so healthy for us and it's so good for us. And so um, I think a lot of us, you know, we want to take part in that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, it's a struggle sometimes because obviously fresh produce, number one, it doesn't last as long as any of the processed items. Mm -hmm. But it's also just not as convenient. You know, you might have to peel it or chop it or even cook it. And, yes. and so that just takes, it takes time. It really does. You know, yeah, it does. And I was looking, according to findings from University of Minnesota, it says that 29% of fruits and 30% of vegetables are wasted at the retail and consumer level. So yeah, it, you know, it's a lot. And I think as consumers, you know, I think it's important for us then to, you know, have that knowledge of, you know, how to store fresh produce and just having that skill of like not overbuying, you know, not mm-hmm. buying too much. So just like waiting to wash your berries until just before you use them. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I think about like raspberries and, and especially they're just so delicate when you have them, you know, I take a handful and I wash them and then I eat that and the rest of the berries have not been washed. Right. I'm not going to wash those until I'm just before I'm ready to use them because Otherwise it can speed up, you know, a bit going bad. So just things like that, you know, thinking about storing fruits in one like refrigerator crisper and and then those other vegetables in the other crisper, you know, not storing your onions. Of course, these are not going to be in the refrigerator. So you're not storing your onions right next to your potatoes because, you know, they give off this ethylene gas, which Mm -hmm. speeds up the ripening. And so knowing that all of these kinds of things can be, I think, really helpful for us, particularly when it comes to fresh produce. But I I think it's good also to understand that canned and frozen fruits and vegetables can be just as healthy as Mm -hmm. fresh fruits and vegetables. For some reason, I think we have this mindset that we have to eat fresh fruits and vegetables. But you know, it's fine to eat canned or frozen fruits and vegetables. They're going to still be very healthy for us. And, you know, they can also be cost savings sometimes as well. So keeping that in mind is important too. Yeah. And I'm thinking about even like in the off seasons too, right? Sure, right. I love strawberries. I'm the only one in my household that loves strawberries. So it's <laughs> oh like, my gosh, really? <laughs> yes, I do. Nobody else likes strawberries. So I have so much fun during my strawberry season. And then, you know, for other um, fruits that I like as well, too, when it's that off season, figuring out, oh, I I can do the canned version of like this veggie or this fruit. So I, I'm glad that you, you said that. Now you talked about like some really great strategies and there's so much information out there, lots of good information. Some of it can be overwhelming folks, but there are good information that does come from the work that Jenna does, the work that the nutrition and wellness team does at University of Illinois Extension, and also information that's coming to us from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. And they have several tips online that they do share about what are some things you can do in your household to reduce food waste. And Jenna has talked about a lot of great ones. And I love those ideas of like understanding that you need to wash like the whole tray of berries all at once, just the amount that you're going to eat, right? Um, knowing how to store um, these different food, because I know even like with apples, you know, what if you have the apple out versus in the refrigerator, the date best to use by or best to eat by is a little bit different. So I don't know everything about it, but just trying to understand some more things that or some more tips that can be useful. And from the um, the Food and Drug Administration, they 
talk just about the, some of the same things that Jenna mentioned with like having a plan, you know, coming a little bit prepared and having like a grocery list and trying your best to stick to that list. They even talk about like, you know, organizing like your refrigerator, <laughs> you know, just going through, you know, you're about to go shopping, yes. um, going through your refrigerator. So here's some things that you, you need to use in the next day or so. What are some things that you can wait on to buy? They also talk about just understanding like serving size and that information relating to that and learning more about like the food product dating. So all these different things that can help us understand a little bit more about how do we manage this food so it doesn't go bad really fast if we have like a couple more days with it. So lots of great information that comes out of that. Is there anything else you'd like to add about like for tips for reducing like food waste as we get close to the end here, Jenna? Yeah, I think we talked about leftovers <laughs> and we talked about how you and I love leftovers yes. because it means we don't have to cook. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I think about for those who just, you know, they they're finding that they are frequently tired of leftovers, that they're throwing mm-hmm. them out. I think it's important to think about there's there's some things you can do, right? Like you can freeze those leftovers. And now, of yes. course, that means that, you know, you would eventually still have to eat them. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, sometimes I get like, you know, I'm just tired of this. It doesn't, it just doesn't sound good anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so thinking about, yeah, well, let's freeze them, right? That, that can definitely be helpful. Some of the things that I really like to do is I, I like to turn leftovers into another meal, like create something else out of it. So for example, you know, if I'm having maybe some grilled chicken, I'm going to maybe, I have some leftovers. I'm going to use that, you mm-hmm. know, leftover chicken, maybe for like chicken enchiladas or oh. you know, chicken tacos or something like that. Sounds so you're delicious. creating like a whole new meal. And so then you're not tired of it, you know, mm-hmm. or making like, you know, an omelet from some of those leftover vegetables that you have in your fridge that you need to use up. So I think that's one way to also think about it. And then the last thing is if possible, if you're finding that you're just having so many leftovers, try to reduce the amount that you cook to begin with. Right. So, you know, can you maybe um, have the recipe so that you don't have so much leftover? So, you know, I think that's, that's something that we can always consider because, you know, like I said, I love leftovers, but mm-hmm. not everyone does. And, right. and so I think that's one of the things that we often see that leftovers are, are going in the trash. So thinking about other ways on how we can deal with those leftovers is really important. Yeah. And I think I'm thinking about something that you just said about like not cooking so much at once. I promise you there are, I think I have like two dishes that I make that I just can't make a small amount of. And my family just makes fun of me for this all the time. So (laughs) as you know, I'm Jamaican. So we do like the um, red kidney beans and rice. So Jamaican people call it like rice and peas. So red kidney beans and rice. And so I will measure my stuff out and then I'm like, no, I think I should just add a little bit more every time. So I always have like so much leftovers for it, but I've discovered over the years that it's just great to, after I'm done to do like the small containers and freeze like small amount of it. Yeah. And, and so I don't have to do it very often. Right. Um, So that's one of my dishes that I know when I'm thinking about doing it. I kind of think ahead. I'm like, hmm, how much of this I'm going to have this week? Um, I need to free some of this so I can have it in a couple of weeks and a few weeks again, because it's just hard to do like a small amount of it. And I think about this too, as like, you know, just different ways in how we think about food for some folks. Culturally, you might learn some techniques from your grandma, not necessarily using like a recipe. You're just making things, right? Mm -hmm. You just remember this is the ingredients that goes in there and you put all your things together and it's done. 
And here you have like all this leftover and you're trying to figure out like what to do with this because you don't want to eat the whole thing all week. Right, right. You know, there's another thing you can do, Kamaya. You can invite me over. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> you know, with like the restrictions. I would love to in, eat that. I, yes. Okay, yes. I'm going to make some of that for you. It's, it's, <laughs> it's just a two of us. So we're a household of four and it's just like two of us in this household who really likes it too. So I have to plan when I make it to make sure that I free some of it. That's right. Yes. I will definitely will. <laughs> so it's been such a pleasure talking to Jenna today. And I just want for like our listeners, you know, when we're thinking about this wonderful topic, just understanding that when it comes to food, it's one of our flexible spending categories that's in our budget. And the amount that we spend on food each month, that may change from one month to the next. So just understanding that and trying to find ways to reduce that cost can be challenging sometimes. Because sometimes we get bored with food too. Sometimes we make things and then we're like, I just don't want this this week. I had it once. I'm good. I want to eat out. But understanding that when we manage like our leftovers, the food cost, the food waste, all these different pieces that can help us save. And it's essential to look at the relationship between the cost, the waste, trying to develop like these healthy food habits, because it can be used as a great money management strategy. So not only are we supporting our environment, but we're also helping our families to save money. Now, there is another information that I want to quickly share that, you know, as a big takeaway from this discussion, when it comes to reducing food waste, how can we save money? And information, again, from the USDA suggests that on average, if we as consumers, households make certain decisions about managing our food waste effectively, that we can save money. And they have like estimated numbers where, for example, maybe like a family of four based on like certain strategies that they share, including, you know, making your lists, managing your refrigerator, managing um, like the different products that you have that on average, even like a family of four could save like $1,500 a year. So that's some of the estimates that they have. So just recognizing the fact that there are ways that we can save money by trying our best to prevent food waste. All right. Thank you so much for being on, Jenna. Is there anything else you'd like to add? It's been such a great conversation. I love all the information you presented. Yeah, it's it's just been so fun, Kamaya. So yeah, thank you so much for having me on. This has been great. All right. Well, thanks everyone for um, coming on. I also wanted to let you know that Jenna is a wonderful blogger. She has done so much great work with her blog, which is Tasty Healthy Now. You can follow her on Twitter. She has a lot of great information. So even like on different seasonal recipes, um, things related to like food preservation, food safety, lots of great information. And you can also find her on our University of Illinois Extension, follow the nutrition and wellness team. If you have just, if you just want to find out more information about more of the work that she does and find fun things that I know like the team does from year to year. You can find them online. Like I said, she has a wonderful media presence and I'm so happy and thankful for her to be on again. So have a wonderful one, everybody. Until next time. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jenna. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Family Financial Feuds. If you'd like to learn more about the educators, Extension in Illinois, or just personal finance in general, you can check us out on the web at www.retirewell.illinois.edu.